Hello, welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's guest is Robert Obi, our very first guest that we did through Skype, which was so exciting. Um, Robert has been a huge supporter of the show pretty early on, and months ago we were talking about, uh, I really wanted to have him on, and he was going to be on the East Coast for a period of time, and it just wasn't working out in terms of me being, him and I being in the same state to make it work. And then Robert suggested to do a Skype interview. I had no idea how to go about that. And he sent me this great link that kind of showed how to do Skype interviews. And he really is a reason this episode even exists. Uh, So I was just, A, I was happy to have him on. I'm hoping to have some rotating co-hosts in different states now and have them bring some more guests who live far away. So I think that's really great. Um... You know, uh, Robert is one of the people who actually left us an iTunes review and received a free spice rub from There's the Rub. They can be found on Facebook.com slash There's the Rub. And they have a website called There's the Rub.com. And they do deliver. But if you want a free spice rub, leave us a iTunes review. Email the show at Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. Contact us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Let's Us Chat. And we will send you a free There's the Rub Spice Rub, and they're really, really good. Uh, so Robert and I are old college buds. We went to Green Mountain College together, and we had a good time up there. Um, I always, I've always really liked him. He was just one of those really rare, always super nice people. And we talk about in the episode, but he always had a little bit of an obsession with Asian culture. And I think we were pretty involved in some of the same campus activity stuff. But he was always someone that we'd, um, you know, those people you don't ever go out of your way to like hang out with. But whenever I would see him at a party or at lunch, like we always saw each other. It's a very small school. And I would just get, we would just end up in these very long conversations and such a cool guy. One of the things when we started the show is I really wanted to make new friends and reconnect with old ones. And the podcast has been doing that. Because if it wasn't recorded, Obi and I, Obi is his last name. Uh, we wouldn't have been sitting down and just talking for two hours out of the blue. And you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if uh, you have an excuse to talk with an old friend, it's uh, it's a great thing. Make sure you do subscribe to our show on the iTunes or the Google Play or however the hell you people listening to the podcast. Uh, what do I mean by you people? I mean podcast listeners. Thank you so much. And here's the episode with Robert Obi. Yeah, actually, I find that I end up taking out usually the first like 10 to 15 minutes because it just takes time for people to get comfortable. Okay, yeah. So, like, um, that's fine with me. Um, yeah, no, no, don't don't worry at all. Um, well, for anyone listening, uh, this starts as the beginning, but we found out that we had a little technical difficulty, so we're Take starting two. again, so we're going to kind of... <laughs> I don't remember what we talked about, but you're our first Skype interview, and mm-hmm. um, that's not that exciting. I don't know why I spent, like, three minutes talking about it before, because you're like, it's not... Who cares? Well, it's a big deal for the podcast. I it's mean... huge! <laughs> yeah, um... So you are Robert. Um, your nickname was always Obi. You still go by that? I do. Yeah. Well, it's my last name. So. Oh, yeah. I, I spelled I, it wrong. 
Oh, you're fine. You can spell it whichever way so you want. So your name is Robert Obi? Yeah. How'd you spell it? O-B-I on my piece of paper. Yeah, that's fine. That's how it's pronounced. I can't pronounce... <laughs> um, I can't spell things, so that makes sense. Oh, Words that makes hard. sense. Robert Obi. That's a nice name. I always thought your last name was Ayub. Yes. <laughs> I feel like such spelled. an asshole. No, you're fine. I get Ayub, Ab, Abu, which I don't understand. Abu. But... No. No. Uh, so... <laughs> We were saying before that we uh, we both went to college together at Green Mountain College in Vermont, mm-hmm. uh, and um, God, neither of us have been back since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And have had opportunities to. Well, no, you were there. That's a, the the thing about travel when you have an airplane involved. It's like you're just you're tied. Mm-hmm. You're just you're tied to it. Like you you couldn't. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck airplanes. No, what well, they're great to get places. Um, so I would prefer a like a dirigible though, just because of the fact of floating around in a giant balloon at like two thousand feet intrigues me in some strange way. What is a dirigible? <laughs> it's like a large blimp, basically. Kind of like the like the Hindenburg. That ended well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I I think that looks really cool too. I like but... anything that would remind me more of like a cartoon, like. I feel like that would be like a cartoon. Like there'd be like a, I think no, that's an Archer episode. I think where they end up in some like a, a balloon yeah. or something. Yeah, he always talks about how it's gonna blow up, and the he keeps the captain keeps on telling him that it's full of helium and it's non-flammable. <laughs> doesn't that doesn't it end up blowing up anyway though? But but by his own fault. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't have <laughs> the camera on, but um, I actually have an Archer cup. I got at Newberry Comics that I use to drink water out of when I record. Very nice. Oh my god. Um I fucking love Archer. That's one of my all time favorite programs. Yeah, it's I love that show. I haven't seen the last season, sadly. But, no, me uh, neither, because yeah. I don't have cable. I so I wait for it to go on Netflix and then I can watch it. Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> um I think it, it's Archer Vice, which I did not get to catch. Right. But um Oh wait, has that already been out? I don't think it's out on is that the last season? That's what I mean. I don't know. I haven't seen two seasons then. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't see the space race? Oh, no, I did see the space race. Yeah, and okay. the Bob's Burgers um, crossover. Yeah, lose, yeah. yeah, that's the last one, I think. And then I think Archer Vice just aired. Okay. Which I didn't get to see. Um, Archer is... There, there was a thing online, and it had, like, all of the literary remarks, that, uh, references that, that make, and there was one that was, like extremely obscure to some book written in Latin. And I was like, I don't know how anyone <laughs> picked up on it. And then I guess there's a reference to where the red fern grows, where they show like a big red fern tree and it has like graves of the two dogs that died. Oh, really? I was like, <laughs> I, I had to like look at the site. Cause you know, um, I, the one line that always cracked me up when they talk about animal farm, and he's like, Oh, I don't know. He ends up saying it's like a, it's an allegory or whatever. He's like, and spoiler alert, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that always cracks me up. I actually, my wife um, told me that tendinitis, people, has been uh, an increasing diagnosis for tendinitis because people are actually going to doctors to get it checked out because of Archer. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you remember the episode, the uh, Rampage, when they find out yeah. he has breast cancer? The be- Maybe the best episode of Archer ever made. <laughs> Rampage! Um, so do you still keep up with a lot of the chums from the old GMC? I keep up with a couple people. Um, uh, my old roommate, uh, Ian Furch, I keep up with him probably the most. Uh, aside from that, there's a couple names, there are a couple people that I will like send an email to and maybe get a response within a few weeks. Uh, people like, uh, I don't know if you remember Ben Jankowski, he was a theater 
kind of crazy with curly hair. Sounds very familiar. And then uh, there are a couple others like uh, uh, Ronnie Black, who hung out with Ben. Yeah. At the time, he was dating Rachel. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, Yeah, he was nice. Yeah, he was a very nice guy. I kind of I try to keep him in touch with him, but it's a little hard. He doesn't really internet very often, so. Green Mountain was like kind of a school full of luddites. No, that's not uh, luddites when it came to technology. Yeah, that's true. Like we didn't have cell phone service there, and we were there in like I was there from '06 to '08, and there was no cell service. Yeah, I was there '07 to '09. So. Do you remember like Jenny Lee at all? I remember Jenny Lee a little bit. Yeah, I remember her being super nice. And, yeah, I still uh, see her. Um, it's kind of really. Guys, I'm trying to think. You guys hung out a lot, I think, right back. back yeah, we we knew oh. each other. We used to work together in the summers at Landmark, so like we were friends. Yeah. So you also knew uh, Paul Conrad. He was from Landmark. Yeah, I remember Paul. Yeah, awesome yeah. dude. I keep in touch with him too. He's out here uh, in the Midwest working. He does. He's like a plane engineer or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, he was really cool. And yeah. then, did you ever know? No, he was kind of. He might have been gone, but I had a friend named James Holt that I still. He's like. I keep in touch with a lot, but he was, you probably graduated right before you got there. No, I don't remember him. And then, well, if anyone that we went to school with and we're not mentioning you, hello, and I'm so sorry we forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember most names, I think. So there are some that are very hard to forget. Um, Jose being one of them. Well, so I, first question I asked you, I thought was kind of cool is that you were from Utah and it turns out you're not from Utah. Do you want to run over that real quick? Yeah, so I, I lived in Utah for a little while, but I was my dad was military, uh, so I grew up kind of everywhere in the United States. Uh, I was born in Virginia, was there for a couple of years, moved to Alaska for like seven years, and then down to Utah for a couple of years, and then my dad retired, and we moved to Vermont, where he's from. So he was born and raised in Middlebury, and uh, and so we moved to Vermont for like seven years, and then back to Utah for one well, I was only there for about a year and a half, and I graduated high school and then went back to Vermont for college. I was always so, curious about you kids who like who lived far away. Like, remember Candy? She was really cool, but she was from uh, Washington or, or Oregon, something like that. The bl- yeah, I remember Candy. Oregon, I believe. Kind of. Yeah, I think it was Oregon. Yeah, I, I really liked her. She was awesome. I used to, I remember hung out with her and all those kids a lot. Um, of how you guys ended up at such a small school so far away from home. Yeah. But that now that makes sense for you. Now the Alaska experience, what that's one of those states that most people like myself will probably never ever go to. Yeah. So when I, when I first moved down from Alaska to Utah the first time we were here for 2 years, um the biggest thing was people always saying, "So you live in igloos, right?" And that's, you know, course the most common thing that people think about when they think of alaska but it's now we lived uh it's just a very nice state there's a lot of pine trees a lot of woods beautiful mountains like true mountains vermont has mountains but not like here not like there they're hills and don't tell anyone from vermont that though exactly right and so even here in utah i i see the wasatch front which is a like a a slight uh not spinoff spinoff in the term of like a show spinoff but of the rockies so you know branches off from the Rockies and they're pretty huge mountains and I can just walk out the door and see them. And so compared to that to Vermont, it's, it's nothing. And then Alaska, even more so Alaska's got the kind of mountains that you see the clouds pass through and you know, it's just, it's phenomenal and beautiful. And I, there was always moose in our backyard and Oh my God, I've never seen a moose in my entire life. 
in elementary school, there were a few times when we couldn't leave or go to recess because there was like a moose or a black bear on the playground and we had to wait or just stay inside all day. <laughs> now, what is more dangerous, a moose or a bear? Uh, depends on the situation. I mean, I guess any animal is like infinitely more dangerous when they're young is around. But moose yeah. kill more people in Alaska than bears do. How, so, is that because people hit them with their cars or they moose attack people? There's that, yeah, plus moose attacks. People see a moose and they don't think it's dangerous and they, they harass it. There was an incident when we lived up there of a college professor being gored because he came out of a building at the wrong time. There was a moose there by the entrance of this one building on the campus and kids were harassing the moose, throwing bread at it. Oh my god. And uh, to where it was just agitated and this professor walked out just at the wrong place and the moose trampled him to death. And uh, and it was a big deal because they're trying to see if, you know, if clearly it was like the student's fault that the moose got angry, but uh, like, can they be charged in any legal way? And it became kind of a big thing. And I don't remember what happened. It was God, 1994, I think, that that oh, happened geez. or five. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Wow. That's Tw- that poor family. Years. And like, because right. it's fun to joke about someone getting trampled by a moose that you never met, but if that's like your family, it's not funny anymore. Mm-hmm. And then like your whole life, you'll be traumatized by moose. Right? Yeah, you can never watch Rocky and Bullwinkle ever again. <laughs> Especially that terrible movie that they made. Oh God, with Brendan Fraser. Yes, he's in it. I believe. Yep. Is Steve Martin in that? He is. I think. Yeah, he's someone who made some choices that were like really. <laughs> You're making the what that wedding movie again? Cheaper by the dozen for the how many times? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, good for him. Uh, I, I never knew you even lived in Vermont. So when you got to Vermont, it probably wasn't that foreign for you. No, oh, the second time? No, it wasn't. Like when you went to college there, it wasn't like a big yeah. deal. Yeah, so I, I we moved out there. I moved back out there like the summer before. I had time to kind of work part time doing security work um, with the local company that my grandmother's like best friend's son owned or something like that wow uh so i did like security for like like tennis tournaments and the vermont state fair just just to kind of give some some money before college and we lived uh i stayed with my grandparents in bridport vermont which is right on the lake and it was gorgeous i woke up every morning went down fished for a couple hours (laughs) oh man that's like you're just like painting the perfect new england picture is the vermont state fair rutland uh no, the one in Burlington is one. Burlington, I, okay. I worked at the Beach it's, Boys. It's also a big concert venue too that they have up there. The Beach Boys played the Vermont State Fair one year. Did they? I was tempted to like drive up and go just to be like I saw the Beach Boys, like it's the fucking Beach Boys, right? But I didn't. You know what's funny? Like I think Vermont is a beautiful state, but the part we went to school in, I don't like that part at all. Why is that? I don't. Rutland was just like eh. And Pulteney was, like, very kind of, like, gross. Tiny. Gross. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know what, the cam- the way I said it is the campus was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But there was more John McCain signs than there were for Barack Obama when he ran when we were there in 08. <laughs> like, it was an extremely, like, very racist, not the whole town, but it was a very old, conservative town. I always Highly say that Vermont influenced. is more yeah, Vermont is more like conservative in general, but it's more libertarian. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But um but I just think that's true for anywhere you go that isn't with a large group of people, it's just it's going to be a little bit more I don't like using these like buzzwords like closed-minded. 
Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but then like I mean I I love the northern part and I love Brad. I went to school in like Putney before that and Brattleboro. I love that area, but I just never felt this affection towards the Rutland region. I think there's a reason yeah. they called it the gut. Yeah, I can I can see where you're saying dirty now that you I totally forgot about Rutland. Yeah, it, it good even old existed. Because um, I remember only going down there a few times. Uh, most of the time, I didn't really leave the campus. Um, but yeah, I could I could see that. I, I like Polney, just the town itself. Yeah, the like the looks of everything aesthetically is a very beautiful little town. Gorgeous, very New yeah. England. I felt. Um, but yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the conservativeness of the area kind of was highly influenced because of its close proximity to New York State and Northern New York and yeah, New York's when you, when you compare the two, I think New York's a lot more conservative. Yeah, upstate a lot less New York is a weird place. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the people think of New York City and you're like, yeah, no, we weren't near New York City. We were near Albany almost. Right. Yeah. We you were know, closer to Syracuse, maybe or Albany was. Yeah. Well, yeah, we were probably was closer Albany to Syracuse. Closest? Yeah, I think Syracuse is after Albany, I believe. Oh, yeah, it is, because Syracuse is more towards Buffalo. It goes like Albany, Syracuse, Buffalo when you head yeah. west. But, yeah, that area is, or, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know what? Those are great places if you live there. Good for you guys. <laughs> I remember being, like, making friends with my professor's son, and he was, like, a really cool guy, but, like, you could just tell that he, because his dad was a professor and he had traveled to China and all over the world, he was just, like, he wanted out of there. He's, like, I need something different. Like, there's people who lived four hours, like, maybe three, four hours from Boston and never been to Boston their entire life. And they'd mm-hmm. be, like, 70. Like, I think people like to live in bubbles, and Pulteney is a great place to live in a bubble. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, there was no cell phone service. It was just, like... But, you know, another I, I, part of the reason it will stay that way, is too, is because all the youth of Pulteney leaves. And, you know, you don't meet that that many townies, like, because they all, they all leave. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people don't want that life. Um, so you live in Utah, which is like, I kind of, that's one of those, I hate using that word forgotten states, but I live in Rhode Island, which no one ever knows where that is. So that's okay. But like, I I've driven through Utah and, um, but I, I drove 80. So it wasn't like the true Utah experience. I saw like Salt Lake and I stayed over in a town called Wendover, Utah. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm guessing the whole state isn't probably like that really weird town where like, um, they ever, it felt like everyone did meth, and the and I could buy guns everywhere. But it was like a casino town, so I don't judge your state based. Yeah, on that, that is town. Windover. That is exactly what it is. A casino yeah. town, but scary casino town. Yeah. So actually, a funny story about Windover is when the Olympics happened here in two thousand two, the like all the uh, Salt Lake County like police and and the, all the police in charge of like where the Olympics were being held. We're actually giving free bus tickets to Wendover to all the homeless people to try to get all the transients out before the Olympics like showed up, and then it worked. <laughs> so that so Vladimir Putin, when he was displacing people for this Olympics, uh, we did the exact same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, IOC. But, um, yeah, but, yeah. Well, that's just a funny. Th- I think it's funny. Yeah, that's I think it happened. Hilarious. I think later it happened to where like Vegas sent people back this way <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that There's was still the thing in California. Here. Yeah. There was a great South Park episode about that. Yeah. They don't ever Pretty solve homelessness. We just, we just push it around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, you, where in Utah do you live? Like, are you in Salt Lake? No, I'm, I'm, I'm north of Salt Lake next to the Air Force Base. So there's kind of like two big cities in northern Utah. 
um, Salt Lake and Ogden. And I live like kind of halfway between the two. Okay. Uh, and so here, towns here aren't like towns in Vermont. There's no real like separation between the two, aside from the numbers and the road get reset when you change county lines. So oh. I have like, my town is called West Point and it's has the same zip code as like the surrounding four towns because we are all within like a 15 mile block. Wow. <laughs> and it's a lot of sprawling suburbia. Huh. Where I am, so... But it's... Northern northern Utah is a lot different than southern Utah. Like, the really pretty part of southern of Utah is, is either the mountains or southern Utah where you have, like, Moab and Goblin Valley and all yeah. those other really cool, like, rock formation natural parks and stuff. Where they look I like live, big penises? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Just all lots of big cocks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's like the, the the joke that every time you see the rock those rocks like they really just look like big giant top cocks and it's so <laughs> funny even though like it's very beautiful yeah but there's like a lot of extreme sports out in Utah as well yeah there are there are a lot of extreme sports um, out here so like if you're gonna go like rock uh, I think I watched those videos where people go mountain biking in the Moab or wherever it is yeah you can you can do that sort of stuff rock. Uh, my my family is big into like rock crawling with a like a where you get a four by four jeep or something and you go out and climb hills with it. Man, yeah, but I growing, like the biking a little more. <laughs> yeah, growing up in New England, it's just kind of shitty because you have this like very self deprecating view of yourself, and then you also get kind of taught to hate the rest of the country. And then everyone you meet from California is is just like, oh, East Coast, East Coast, East Coast, and you're like. Motherfucker, there's like 16 states over here. I grew up in Connecticut. I hate everyone in New England. I don't go past New Jersey. Leave me alone. And like, and then the West Coast, you know, there's three states. And then when you, people from California, they're either from like San Diego, LA, or San Francisco, and that's it. That's all they judge their state about. And I don't know where I was going with my little rant, but um, Utah. What, what I noticed when I drove cross country is everywhere is so much cooler than you think it is. Like that, I got raised to believe, and not my parents. It's just like the culture out here. Like I remember being like in Iowa. I was like, "This is cool," or Nebraska, and even Utah. I was like, "This is really cool." Yeah, I feel like every state has its own merits, except for Idaho. But <laughs> no, what is your hatred for Idaho? I just my first reaction to, or my first uh, interaction with Idaho was a town called Blackfoot. And it's right next to like an Indian reservation, mm. and the, all the problems of the Indian reservation kind of basically cement the town in this kind in this melancholic gross just depressing state and uh, you just can't get past it and that was my first interaction with idaho i know northern idaho has a lot of pretty areas um but i just don't like idaho (laughs) that's fine well aaron paul's from idaho so does that give it a pass uh yeah it gives him a pass anyway i don't know (laughs) that's great um but like so are, are you mormon is my first question no, I am not. Now, is that was everyone's first question at Green Mountain too? I'm sorry to do. I'm just sorry to do that, but like, it really is like that out there, isn't it? Is oh that, yeah. Oh. Is that Salt Lake at least? No, it, uh, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time in Southern Utah. Uh, the biggest city down there is St. George. I've got a buddy that's NY, or that's not NYPD. He's a St. George PD down there. Um, and he, it's it's a bit different uh, than up here, but yeah, the majority of the population up here is Mormon and. Uh, like 80% of the time, I don't know what the actual percentage of the population, but 80% of the time you're going to meet someone who's definitely LDS. And sometimes there's like two extremes 
Mm. You have people that were like raised LDS and they hated it so much that now that they're themselves an adult, they do the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, there's still a population of people here that are, you know, not LDS, but majority of the time it, it is LDS and, uh, a big, a big part of the government, uh, is revolved around the whole Mormon church and everything because everyone that's in the government is also in the church. And so it kind of gets their way. There's a big thing with liquor laws out here. There's only a certain amount of liquor laws allowed in the state and like a portion of it actually owned by the church and they just don't use it. They just wanted to make sure they weren't, you know, there wasn't that many out there. And there was for a while this thing with uh, like bars and restaurants not allowing to show alcohol or show it being prepared or anything beforehand. And they actually passed it for a small amount of time that, you know, they had to like do everything behind the scenes where no one could see it in case people had kids there or if people didn't want to see it. And then there became this huge issue that people, which I'm surprised wasn't brought up when it was first kind of put into action about, well, what if the restaurant or what if the bar is, isn't giving you what you actually wanted and is also maybe like spiking it or something like that. Mm. And so then there became this huge like moral and it, I don't know. It's just, it was a huge dumb argument about whether alcohol should be served in the public view or not. And yeah, that was all heavily, heavily influenced because of uh, the LDS church. Because they're incredibly conservative. <laughs> yeah, and they hate gay people strongly. They do. Yeah, they do. They, yeah, uh, they uh, funded a lot of the st- Prop 8 in California, which was jokingly, they said they were going to lose their nonprofit status, but we all knew that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, I don't want to shit on Mormons too much, but I think we should anyway. Um, yeah, let's I, do it. I think when we, we didn't record this part, this was something we missed recording, but you were talking about the view of the, uh, with the military. It's okay yeah. to hate the church and then not hate the people who are Mormon. Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, all that stuff you were just talking about with liquor laws is like, fuck the Mormon church. But that has nothing to do with God or spirituality. It's just a bureaucracy that I dislike. Right, exactly. Or an yeah. institution, rather. And that's, um, you've listened to our show more than once, but I don't need to go off and why I'm atheist, which I, I think I've toned that down quite a lot immensely. I'm just like, yeah, I'm atheist. It doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> Does that mean you're agnostic? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I still can never figure that one out. I don't really know what agnostic is yet. And I, uh, I know it's kind of strange of, uh, being an atheist is like this idea is that you want to be a lone wolf, but it's kind of like, I want to be a lone wolf with a group of other lone wolves. So I don't want to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I fuck it. I don't, uh, see around here. Cause it's like this older part of the country. The Catholics have all the. Catholics have all the power and that uh, uh-huh. it's the same stuff, which I don't like. So I don't know. You know, the thing about Mormons are weird um, is that they're really nice. Up front. They're yeah. Very nice. You know, and anyone I've, I don't have anyone in specific because anyone I've ever met who's Mormon. I mean, my experiences are much more limited than meeting anyone who's Mormon. They have been the absolute, the people I met who are Mormon are actually very liberal or pro gay LBG community and great, really great people. Uh, cause there's a couple of people I'm thinking of in specific, but, um, yeah, but the, the, the view I get of Mormonism is very much of, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like Mitt Romney mm-hmm. kind of has that, like, <laughs> that aspect to him. Right. He had a very thin veil. Uh, yeah, opinion, more. But... <laughs> Did you see his ice bucket challenge? Like Paul Ryan pours water over him. He goes, wow, that's cold. Yeah, <laughs> it was just... it was it was probably lukewarm to be honest. Yeah, but it was just so like perfectly Mitt Romney. He's a robot. 
I know. Um, no, he, so, I know. He really is. To kind of go back where you were talking about, uh, there, are, in my opinion, there are two different kinds of Mormons. There are the Mormons that are outside of Utah, and they are incredibly nice and non-judgmental and, like you said, a little more libertarian or liberal in their thoughts and a little more accepting of other people because they're surrounded by that. And then there are the Mormons in Utah, the ones that have never left the state, which the majority haven't, except for, like, their mission, uh, which is, I don't know if you know about Mormon missions or not, uh, but, like, when they become of a certain age, they go on a two-year um, trip that they have to pay for that they go either somewhere in, in country or out of country and help spread the word of God or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of weird to me because I feel like we're, it's the only religion that still does that. I mean, other well, religions, of course. Yeah. So, but anyway... The ones here are just as friendly, uh, but are very judgmental, in my opinion. They, you know, anyone who's not part of it, part of the, you know, the church and the culture that they grew up in, they have such a closed mind about. And it's, I don't think it's their fault. It's just because of the culture that they've been brought up in. Yeah. Never taught them anything different. Yeah. So I, it's, I see that with evangelicals as well. I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of the same thing cut from a different cloth. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's, I think it's so weird because it's not just a town or a family. It's an entire, almost an entire state that's like that. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> in, in its own sense, Utah's is kind of its own bubble, not because it's cut off from the other world, but because it cares more about itself than the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mormonism in itself is, uh, it's a way to make your religion with, uh, it, it's built in patriotism where it's like, not only is your religion like for you, it also takes place in your country. Joseph Smith apparently spoke to God in a house in upstate New York, which you can go to. And Jesus Christ was in what Missouri, like it's, you're taking these like ancient ideas and then Americanizing it. So it's a very, very, very American religion. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. So it's, um, sometimes I think we should make up a religion. It sounds fun. Like, but they got it right when, like, because if you tie in patriotism to religion, you're just set. <laughs> but I'm not organized enough for that. But, yeah, that's that sucks because I think there's a lot more to Utah than Mormonism, but that's, of course, what I know. Oh, yeah, no, there there certainly is. It's just hard to get to, and people just never think about it firsthand and, or, uh, like, first thing off off the top of their head when they think of Utah. So it's definitely hard to get to and get to get around to, but there is a lot of culture here. It's just not talked about a lot. Outside of the church. Why are they so anti-alcohol? Uh, they're anti-anything that inhibits the brain. So mm. like... Uh, like feminism. Ayo! Hashtag topical. So like alcohol, caffeine to some extent. Not all Mormons. It depends on the family. Now, was uh, it... Some don't like caffeine at all because it does technically alter your brain chemistry yeah. with caffeine. So with that in mind, you know, like coffee and soda and tea and stuff like that. Um, but anything that changes your mood, like your mindset or the chemicals in your brain, they're against. So alcohol, drugs, et cetera, et cetera. What about natural chemicals like sex? Oh, they're, well, they're conservative. Uh, their conservative nature, I think, in, influences that to where, actually, it's really interesting. And I find completely bizarre but still fascinating is that when people are dating like the biggest thing especially out here when i was in high school that like my senior year i'd ask a girl out on a date and she's like yeah, yeah let's, let's go out and i was like oh cool great this is fantastic she's cute this will be great and then the day of the date i find like five other couples there and it's a group date because that's the only thing they'll allow until you're oh. like 18 um and so 
that plus like as as the relationship develops you never spend a lot of time together outside of like just dates or like meeting each other's family and then even when you're engaged or when you're serious you don't live together you can only live together after marriage god and i was like i was like man what if you find out this person like farts in their sleep really bad just or something. you know yeah has these terrible messy habits you don't know about it and then you have to live with because they really frown against like divorce so <laughs> it's just it, it fascinates me that people can be okay with that not like not truly i don't know i no i'm with you my my wife and i when we when we first met in college um i can say this stuff because her family's never gonna listen to this and they don't know but uh, when after a couple of weeks of dating, she was constantly over in my apartment and would spend, you know, like four or five days in a row there, go back to her place to get laundry, stuff like that. Yeah. And so we practically lived together, you know, not even a month after dating. And it, I don't know, it's the best way to get to know someone. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I'm also married and being married or in a relationship, excuse me, whatever, um, there's just stuff you can't teach, like how do you manage money together? Uh, who's yeah. going to do what chores? Like, there's so much practical stuff that no one gets into. I couldn't imagine going from the life. Like, getting married is a whirlwind in itself, just sort of like the planning of a wedding, um, all the stuff that goes into it, and it's a life change. But imagine okay. having to. I I even think of this, like imagine having to move in the same time period that you're mar- getting married. I couldn't handle that. Moving is hard enough. Getting married is hard enough. Both are very expensive. Yes, on top of that, how do you afford it? And then what if you, like, don't like each other, living with each other? Because living together, I, I love living with my wife, but I'm sure there's moments where she could tell you stories where she doesn't like living with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it's just, yeah, that, that stuff. Um, But it certainly is easier to work through those things, you know, in, in a marriage sense after you already know about them because oh, you yeah. lived together beforehand. If that's something you just found out when you got married and now you yeah. have the stress of knowing that you're stuck with this person because of, you know, cultural um, yeah. influences or, or, you know, yeah. One of the biggest <sighs> reasons for divorce is uh, money. It's not adultery as much as people like to think it is. It's really, it comes down to brass tacks of like... Um, you know, hiding money, spending money, not ma- whatever it is with money. But money is like the biggest stressor in any non what relation any relationship for anyone who's not a fucking billionaire. Basically, I mean, it is everything. I mean, it's- I can't, maybe I'm bad at managing, but I feel like money is the biggest stressor in life altogether. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, same here. I think if I managed it perfectly, I'd still be a stressor because it's right. just like, uh, you know, if I don't pay for where I live, I don't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. If I don't, just so many things, but to figure all that stuff out, like, um, well, I want to ask, well, how did you meet your wife? What's you met your wife in college? Cause you, I, um, well, congratulations. First off, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Whoever thought that we'd be uh, married men. I never did. No, I, not, <laughs> especially not now. Like, I don't know. How old are you? You're, you're a little bit younger than me. I'm 25. You got married young. No, that's awesome. <laughs> too young no um no, no, no that's so great though and so you met your wife in college and she's not from this country you guys have a really cute story i'm assuming since you live in different she's from a different country yeah it's cute and and at times very uh sad but no yeah she's so she's from osaka japan and uh she came out here to study english at college out here at weber state at a university out here and uh we, uh, I was actually doing some photography work for a friend who was the president of the um, Chinese Culture Club, and I was, you know, doing photography for like their Autumn Moon Festival, 
and uh, he snagged a random Asian walking by and started speaking Chinese to him, thinking he was Chinese, and he was actually one of the Japanese exchange students, which we had very few of. And uh, so I, I kind of intervened a little bit and talked to him with the very little Japanese that I know. And uh, and he's like, yeah, there's another student here. Let me go see if she's free. And sure enough, she was, and that happened to be my now wife. She came down kind of mm-hmm. disheveled, a little upset that she, her studying got interrupted. And... Uh, yeah, we, we met then and started to hang out and shortly started to date. And now, nearly three years later, we're married. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, have you been to Japan to visit her family? Yeah, actually, I went. So she was here for a year, left May of 2011. No, hang on. I'm bad with dates. Oh, got me too. 12. Yeah. So she left May. She was here for a year, left May 2012. And I uh, I saved up. I ended up going on orders uh, with the military for a few months that summer, and I was I was able to I was able to save up plenty then because uh, you know part, working part time and going to school is uh, you, obviously you don't have the best of income. Oh yeah. Um. But so I visited her that Christmas and New Year's and met her family and uh, spent about three weeks in Japan, Osaka, going to places like uh, Kyoto and Nara and. Not doing as much traveling as I'd liked, but meeting her family was definitely uh, a much more cool experience than just kind of traveling around. Mm. So, but yeah, then then uh, I then I came back to the states, and eighteen months went by before she came out here. <laughs> and you guys were still together that whole time. Yeah, yeah, we stayed together the whole eighteen months. We wow. skyped when we could and sent little dumb, cute messages to each other with like you know free internet uh, messaging systems and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, and then we uh, we got engaged and June, end of June of this year, got married in August, and didn't really do a ceremony or anything because with my with my training coming up for linguist school, um, we wanted to do the wedding that we want after you know after after that gets finished up. So it's like a year and a half from now. Oh, we'll actually you, do the whole wedding thing. Yeah, yeah. I but, have a friend who did the same thing. They got married first, and then this summer or this year, uh, in 2015, they're going to have the actual wedding. I, I think that's great. Well, it's actually a, kind of a common practice in Japan, too, just because oh. of the cost of everything. So That kind of makes sense, though. I guess, like, same with what we were talking about with the Mormons. Like, for, like, Victoria and I, like, we lived together for a number of years and saved money for the wedding instead of, like, I could, right. yeah, like, it makes it makes perfect sense. When you th- the way I think about marriage, because before meeting her and everything, I was like, I don't care if I get married or not. Marriage, I think, is like a like a it's an institutional thing. It's not needed. It's, yep. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that you know, religious and cultural significance. And for me, it just wasn't one of those things that I cared about. And uh, and you know, mostly because I didn't really have anyone that I felt that way about. I guess. But uh, so for me, getting married, you're essentially just the person that you'd been dating. You're now you know married if you're living with a person you're still living with them nothing's going to change we've been married and i don't think anything's changed we still you know do the same things that we did before when we were just dating except for now we're in the same country and uh <laughs> i think it's the kids yeah. that change everything i think the marriage is just yeah. like cool big party money that people give you and i i notice people treat me a little differently just more of like oh you're married and then you kind of mm-hmm. a little bit of misogy- misogyny from people like 
who think you hate your wife. I'm like, no, I actually love her. I wasn't gonna get married <laughs> just because it's what you do. <laughs> but um, but um, oh, that's really cool. Um, we I, I do want to talk about you. Um, I'm gonna we'll just bounce around. But that's fine. so you um, you speak Japanese. What else do you speak? Uh, I speak. I actually primarily just speak Japanese. I lost all the French that I learned in school, and uh, but, and I know a few words in Korean. I know, um, quite a few words in Arabic, uh, simply because of going to Jordan and studying, kind of you know, studying it with what I could. Because when I was in Jordan, I worked a lot with the Jordanian military. We actually went there for a training uh, mission. We went there with a few other coalition force countries like Italy. Uh, Canada, the UK, Australia, and we, our special forces guys, trained their special forces guys, people like Jordan, Kazakhstan, Saudi Arabia. It was just this big, kind of, we just played a bunch of war games, basically. And uh, so being out there working with all of them, I, I, any time I could talk to one, I, I talked to someone who, you know, learned words, learned what I could, because I, I like that. Uh, you know, with the military, you get the opportunity to learn culture, but unless you actually take that opportunity to try and learn it, you never will. Because when you get sent to like a foreign country as your duty station, like Germany or Japan or the UK, being on a military base is a lot like being in the United States because it's the exact same things. There might be a few different snacks at your local convenience store or at the convenience store on base, but it's, it's U.S. culture on base. So unless you take the opportunity that you have to go off base and to, and to kind of check out the local scene, you never really will learn it. So, uh, yeah, we, that's it. we did kind of talk about it before and I hope we can recapture it, but you are our second military, uh, your second military guest that we've had on. Yeah. And, um, so we both went to go hippie tippy liberal arts college in Vermont. You might be the only person from there. I know that went to the military. So, uh, which I think is awesome. Uh, I'm not anti-military by any means. Well, Maybe to some extent, but not, not you personally. But you know what I mean. Nothing that no, we need. No, no, I understand you hate me, Chris. Yeah, you have no. to hide the fact. <laughs> that's how we're talking right now. <laughs> no, no, nothing political we need to get into. But um, I, because I, I, so how how did you end up? What made you want to turn into the military? And it sounds like it's been a very positive experience for you. It has been. Yeah, it's been a very very positive experience. I don't. I certainly don't regret joining. Um, what got me to join is, like I said, I think a little earlier, my dad was in the military, and so I was raised as a military brat. He was uh, he was a loader for the United States Air Force. He basically just um, armed and secured F-16 payloads uh, primarily, and so I just kind of grew up in that kind of culture. But at the same time, you know, he retired when I was getting into junior high, and so I spent the majority of my junior high and high school away from the military in Vermont. And so I kind of had you know, the, about equal amounts both within and outside of military culture. And I feel like that's kind of gotten, I still respect the military, but as far as like the whole very conservative side of, of that culture, I, I definitely don't find myself a part of, mm. but I, I respect it in the sense, you know, for what it is and for what my dad did. Yeah. And so when I when I had the opportunity or when I left Green Mountain College and was like, okay, well, you know, what do I do now? I need to do something aside from just continuing school. You know, I'd like to do something that, I don't know. My, my first thought was, you know, doing something that would make my, my parents proud. Just, I don't know if that's, you know, just a, a kid trying to do that. And the first thing that came to my mind was joining the military because I knew my brother wasn't going to. <laughs> and uh, so I 
you know, I, I never was against the military, so I just kind of looked into it. I originally thought, you know, I'll join a different branch of the military, like the Army or something, but my dad being Air Force, my mom wouldn't let me join anything. I shouldn't say let me. I was an adult. I could do what I wanted. Yeah. But she was more highly in favor of the Air Force. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll do something dangerous and get deployed a lot and, you know, really experience the military as best I can for a few years and then continue on my way of whatever that's, whatever else I want to do. And so I went to join and became a MP or what they call Air Force Security Forces, basically just a cop. Um, a mix between a cop and other stuff. You know, we, we do cop stuff base side and not cop stuff deployed side. Um, and yeah, it's it's been very positive. I feel like, I don't know, it's definitely changed because before joining when I was at Green Mountain and everything, I had this wild liberal idea that I'm just going to become a writer and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna make millions and I'll be fine. It'll be good. I'll be the next Tolkien or something. <laughs> C.S. Lewis or... And that yep. was a joke. Yeah. But <laughs> I still write. I still do things like that. But uh, you're, it's you're, definitely not... So you're the military artist. Yeah. <laughs> are there other artsy people in the military? There must be. Like I... There are some, yeah. No, there are, there are quite a few artsy people. Uh, the military, a lot of people don't know, but the military, they have their own like sports teams. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and band. And band, yeah. They have their own band. They have a lot of their own stuff. And uh, so it's kind of, it's different. You, you can actually join the military just for the band. In basic training, they had a band unit where not only did you learn how to march and run, but you learned how to march and run with your tuba. Huh. So it was <laughs> kind of interesting to see them uh, out, out and about, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's been a pretty great experience. Uh, I feel like where, where I'm going with with what I want to do in life has definitely uh, it's pretty much mostly thanks to the military. Not that I want to make it as a career, but I definitely didn't before joining the military. I didn't know that I liked uh, doing like investigative work or that I liked things like public diplomacy. Yeah. Um, and being in the military, especially when you deploy, regardless of your job, you're kind of. I mean, you're you're a representative of. The, the country and so you kind of have to have this certain wit about you knowing that whatever actions you take perceive you know or are perceived as the actions of the military or the united states and so i think the biggest thing that i hated the reason why i started doing investigation stuff is all the stories that i would read in like the military paper or papers in general about sexual assault cases and stuff being poorly handled by the military and that is something that i was like greatly against as far as like the way they handle it and how little they really not care because they do care about a lot but how little resources are funded towards that and so that's why i started getting into investigation work uh as a security forces and everything oh so you're uh you're that's like what one one of the one of your many hats you wear like you would do that kind of stuff yeah dude that's awesome so you kind of like are with the uh i don't know the right there's like two different ways to look at a problem. It's like you could either get within it and fix within or try to bring it down, but you're the you're fixing it within from the within. That's how it started off as, yeah. Um but then I realized now that unless I like dedicate my entire life to the military and, you know, take the take the thirty five some odd years to get to a position in the military to which I could actually change it, like long term. Yeah. It's not really gonna happen. Well, you're still doing your little part in something big and that's noble. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I tried to do. We, uh, <laughs> here at Let's Chat, we, we think that's, I think, well, me personally, I think that's fucking awesome. Because, you know, <laughs> we find it's, uh, it's not just the military with the sexual assault stuff. It's colleges, it's, 
It's just really. Oh, it's everywhere. It's a cultural thing, and it it, it really bums me out. It it sometimes it's uh, it really gets to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see the Daily Show did that great piece about a, a men st- start first day of, like starting college and women starting college with Jessica Williams and Jux- and Jason Jones? It was amazing. No, I haven't seen that actually. I don't watch the Daily Show a lot. I try to catch episodes every now and then, but I'm more of like a Colbert. Yeah, person. not anymore though. He's leaving. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so you were deployed in Jordan and you were deployed in South Korea. Yeah, I don't think we deploy in North Korea. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, the South Korea thing wasn't really much of a deployment, and a lot of people in the military wouldn't say the Jordan one was a deployment mm. because of how short it was. Okay. <laughs> like I said, they were only like a month or six, or yeah, one was a month and the other one was like seven and a half weeks. But you got to spend some time in some really cool places. Yeah, no, they were great. I mean, The only thing that I really wish I would have done in Jordan is gone to Petra. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Oh, and, <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, Petra's in Raiders of the Lost Ark, so I want to go there. You messed up. Uh, what did you do over there? If, if you could talk about it. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything. Not to say no, you do I anything can, bad. I just, fine. you know. I can talk about it. It's uh-huh. uh, Basically, it was just a, it was a big dog and pony show. <laughs> we went and did joint coalition training. So it was us and other coalition forces just sharing what we know and learning from each other and doing a bunch of war games to try to better our tactics, both individuals as individual countries and working together. Cause when you deploy places, uh, you really, you rarely act alone. I mean, even during the height of the war on terror and everything like that in 2007, 2008, um, even before then, you know, when it first really kicked off after nine 11, um, it was U S forces, Australian forces, Canadian forces. A lot of people were, were out there in Iraq and Afghanistan and even though the you know in the U.S. we're pretty much the only ones we talk about when we're places, mm. they're still there, and you need to learn. You know, you still have to know how you know how they work, and they need to know how you work, and how you both can work together, and et cetera, et cetera. Do you have friends that you met from other countries over there, like from Canada, soldiers, or any of those places? I never spent a lot of time with them, enough to really like be friends. Do you, like when, yeah. when I was there, you know, I knew them. But the Canadian, the Canadian Special Forces guys are actually really cool. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think I really keep in contact with anyone like that. Is it weird being over there in one moment and just be like, "I'm in Jordan. I'm a yeah. kid from Virginia, and I'm in Jordan." Yeah, yeah it is weird. Actually, uh, after the first couple of days, when you wake up and you, you know, you're waking up in this tent with you know 60 other people on a tiny cot with a small locker next to you, it's I don't know. and It is weird at first, you know. To be honest, the first couple of days, I actually didn't really feel like it was different because the area is a lot like northern Utah. It's mm. an arid kind of uh, mountainous desert. The area in Jordan we were at um, was a, like a high desert area, so the same as here. It kind of got cold at night, and during the day it got pretty, pretty freaking hot. But um, it wasn't nearly like, you know, as deserty as, say, places like uh, Saudi Arabia or... Um, Qatar or Qatar, Qatar uh, whatever you want to call it. I think Qatar is the Arabic uh, term or name for it. But those are very, very like sand dune, dry deserts. Whereas where we were in Jordan, not so much. But uh, when I saw when I saw the first big camel spider, that's when I realized I was in another country. That's so weird. <laughs> no, it's a different different culture and everything. We only got to go off base a couple of times um, because of the, the proximity to. Uh, 
Israel and how Jordan and Israel don't really get along. No. At all. Um, we didn't really get to go a lot of places. Like, the entire southern part of the country was pretty much off limits mm. um, because of how bad it got. Or because of just how iffy the situation was. So I couldn't, that's why I couldn't go to Petra. It was like a four hour bus ride south of where we were. Yeah. So, but I got to go into the capital of Amman, and that's a very interesting experience being in another country like that. That is so cool. Are you like very well versed in foreign policy now? Since not, A, you're in the military, but you've actually been to these places. Like, I feel like your interest in the Middle East is probably greater because you've, you've been there. Like, you've been to these areas. Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to know foreign policy to an extent because of our position that we're in when we do deploy. We have to know certain, uh, what are called, like, REs or REs are rules of engagement. They're like our laws situating, like, if this sort of thing happens, how we respond. And then, of course, just international laws in general as far as, you know, things that we have authority to do and things we don't. Um, but uh, most most of my international interests and, and knowledge comes from classes. I... When I got out of GMC, I changed majors from English writing to doing two majors. Um, right now, it's I have a poli-sci major focusing on public diplomacy. Uh, a lot of that has to do with international uh, relations and stuff like that. And then I also major in criminal justice. Wow. So... I remember in college, too, you uh, were always a fan of, like, Asian cultures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people said I had, like, a yellow fever or something like that, which I thought was kind of strange. Isn't that kind of offensive to say that? Not for you to say, but for others to tell you that? Like, Yeah, we don't, I felt like it did. We don't I say mean, that. I can understand them saying that, because, like, out of my six whatever girlfriends that I've ever had, like, four of which have been Asian, but <laughs> only two of them have been from other countries. So, honestly, you can only really say, like, two of them were Asian. The other two were American that happened to be of Asian descent. Yeah, so. yeah. But like I think you um even I remember when we were doing each other in college, you just have that curi- this isn't about women, this is more about like life. <laughs> but like you have that curiosity, which I think is really awesome and I think more people need to have in life. But like but you I remember I remember one time somehow we were in the buttery and you were holding a book and it was this book called Sit Down and Shut Up about like uh, Zen Buddhism and punk rock, and it was like one of the very few books I've ever like. One, it was like this random ass book. For some reason, I read it, and I'm like, "Why the hell does Obi have that?" And then we talked about it for quite a while. I actually never finished the book, but I remember the first half being great. That is one of my favorite conversations with you that we ever had. Yeah, I remember that, that. It was. I was like, "You know what this book is? No one knows what this book is." Yeah. So it was. It was a book written by a guy who grew up out of Akron, Ohio, which was like the home of punk rock in America back in the '80s. And he was, like, a punk rock artist and everything like that and went through this whole, like, you know, discovering himself phase, which led him to Zen Buddhism. And then, he, you know, he wrote a book about it and he talked about, you know, just everything to do with Zen Buddhism and relating it to, you know, his life growing up in Akron, Ohio in the 80s. Um, Great book. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've always loved um, foreign cultures. I, I love the globalization of the world in the sense that I like how easy it is to go to countries now and to learn other languages but I also hate how, in doing so, we're losing like small cultures, like languages yeah. that are kind of becoming extinct. Things like Gaelic or Welsh. Yeah, it is. But even I yeah. find like in our own culture, like the homogeneity of driving cross country, and like you see each town looks the same, like the Walmart in of America. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's true. You just I remember I've been on eighty. I know it's like a highway, but you get to these towns like oh Walmart. 
and then McDonald's, this, this, and that. Like, I feel fortunate because I live in Providence, Rhode Island, which is like um, fucking awesome and very unique, and it still has its very. It's got a, it's got its own little thing going. But there, there's definitely towns. But you know, I have to drive to like Seekonk and these little towns that have the Target, have the Walmart, have those. Like Vermont was unique, but there's yeah, I I find that in our own country, it's kind of sad when like, you get to lose some of that. But mm-hmm. it is nice to know that there's always something different and wonder that still exists out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but you liked anime a lot too, correct? Yeah, yeah, I still do actually. My, and I lucked out finding a a pretty lady that also likes that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, so I kind of get into Asian culture uh, through when I was young. I started doing a little bit of martial arts here and there. Mm. And, uh, and then I had this person, uh, I was reading a, a manga that I, that I learned about, uh, way back called Ghost in the Shell, and it's a very cyberpunk kind of matrixy. A lot of the Matrix is actually not based, but highly influenced by this book because the, the director and the writer and everything kind of, they, they read it, you know, long ago and was like, this is a pretty freaking cool concept and got to the point where they could themselves kind of expand on that kind of universe. Um, so I got into it reading that, and in middle school in Vermont, an upperclassman uh, saw me reading that and just drug me to uh, like a club, anime club, and got me watching all these other things. And so I kind of got into it. I really got into into that kind of pop culture and everything of of Japan, which got me more into Japan itself. You're so. quite the anomaly of like the kind of nerdy, artistic military guy. Yeah, I have, I have very many hats that I wear. I think that's fucking awesome. I love this idea I, that you can just be more than what you're told as a kid. Like, you can be a nerd, but you can't play sports. You, can, or you can't be, you know, fuck it. Like, you get to an age, you're like, we, we especially now, because our generation, we grew up with the internet, so I think we were able to kind of have, like, diversify our interests more than one or two things, which I love. Like, uh-huh. I, I think it's fucking awesome. Um, and, like... You're also like a fellow podcast geek like me. Like we were obsessed with podcasting. Yeah, I actually I actually only got into the podcast scene maybe a little over a year ago. Before that, I would listen to some every now and then. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until recently that I like started to subscribe, you know, to weekly podcasts and listen to them weekly. When you have a commute, it definitely that was what happened for me. When I I, I mean I knew about them when they first started. And then I lost him for a while. Then my brother turned me on to Nerdist, and then I kind of went off the deep end. Having a commute was the uh, – I'm just someone who kind of – I, I kind of get obsessive pretty easily anyhow. But, like, yeah. That's always good, though. Yeah. about And I got very obsessive with podcasting, and I just fell in love with them. And, like, driving to work or walking to work or having long periods of times where I just couldn't be li- only listening to music. And now I'm, like, I'm off the deep end. Like, I, I listen I, – I subscribe to so many. And and now I make mm-hmm. my own, and it's fun because this is probably the most creative I feel like I've ever been in my entire life. Because I'm not really a creative. I, I I'm a fan of the arts, but I'm not really a creator of the arts. Yeah, like that's I've pretty bl- much been like. What's that? Oh, so I wasn't sure if the sound cut off or. What. Oh no, I think that was me. I just stopped at the same <laughs> time. I didn't Sorry, want to interrupt yeah. you. No, you're good. I was just gonna say that I've pretty much been like that my whole life. Like I really like the arts. And I really, I think if I had the chance to either be like someone who, who created that or be someone that helped support and expand that, the people that do that, I'd rather be the supportive one. Just because I know, like, I'm not, I've, I, I've drawn in the past and I, I do like doing that sort of thing, but I, I don't do it well enough where I write in the past. And I, just, I don't 
feel like I do it well enough to where I could do something about it. But mm. it's gotten me in the position to where I meet other people that are just phenomenal at it. And yeah. I would I would love to support them. So I know a lot of people that do things, you know, that, that run web comics or that, you know, their entire career and everything is based off their, uh, you know, own, you know, skills of, of painting or doing this and that. And I think you're the first to, that I know that actually podcast, like that I can say that I know. Like I listen to podcasts and I've oh, like emailed awesome. someone about yeah. a podcast, but I don't, I don't think I've ever like spent physical time with someone that has done that does a podcast and i don't know do you do you say like is that something that you say now like when you talk to people or nope people ask you what things you do you're like you're like yeah i'm a podcaster no um (laughs) i i go out of my way not to bring it up ever (laughs) yeah i still get i don't know um i still well especially because i started it with a friend and then Mm -hmm. he eventually quit um so then it became my own thing, and I, I like the collaborativeness of it. Um, no, usually someone has to bring it up. I still get nervous bringing and asking people to come on. I'm still, like, kind of – it, and it is growing slowly, and I'm, and I'm really ha- – it's hard to shed that self-deprecatingness self of yours. You're like, oh, yeah, I just do this thing and be, like, kind of – when I had Mike, it was, like, it was easy to be, like, it's our show, but now I'm, like, this – I've been learning a new level of confidence with it. Um I guess only I would bring it up if it's like, if it's someone I just met, if it's like I want to have them on or if it comes up naturally, but I would, I don't put in like my Twitter or Instagram or Facebook bio podcaster, which I, maybe I should, maybe I need to brag about it more to get more people interested. It's just, yeah, no. And I, I sometimes still think it's a little surreal. I'm like, oh yeah, I do this thing. And I didn't, I've started a lot of projects in life that I end up quitting just because that's just kind of how I am. And I I really fell for this. I feel like it's kind of like an audio blog because I don't like to write. And then I love, I've always liked talking and I love talking to people. And then it's more or less, it started out as like an excuse to hang out with people. But it's kind of grown into like its own separate thing. And I want it to become like a platform for like what you were saying as a way to support the arts and have... I get to a point where I have more artists on and have other people who do something come on and be a platform for them as well. And then it's also fun to have people that will never be in a podcast in their entire life or even know what it is unless it comes on this. That yeah. was a mouthful. <laughs> well, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. No, it's it's been it's fun. Um it's kind of, yeah, it's it no, I that answer your question. Yeah, sometimes when someone asks me about it or mentions it, I get extremely excited and I talk about it a ton, but I generally don't bring it up. But uh, a lot of the people I used to, uh, a lot of the guests at first, and even mostly, uh, were we all worked in the same office together. So a lot of my friends all listened to it. Whenever they would talk about it, I would just get red and get so excited. And then I switched <laughs> jobs. So, um, and and the guests have actually been diver- diverse. Oh, excuse me, um, diversifying immensely. So it's been really yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, you've actually were. You're no Johnny Come Lately. You're one of our very first listeners, I think, or. No, you probably, you, I think you probably came on pretty early on, but you've listened to probably a lot more than most people. Yeah, I think I was like, uh, you posted your third episode is when I started listening, and I went back and listened to the first two. Which uh, we got, actually, uh, those are not, not on iTunes anymore, because I took them off, because they were so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Mike left, so I felt there was no reason to have an interview, uh, a, a podcast episode with a host that doesn't exist. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. And then... um. I I I'll be honest. Like I'll I'll toot my own horn. I think they've gotten a lot better. Yeah, they certainly have. To. I remember your first episode when you were fumbling through questions, trying to get through everything. Yeah, I felt uh, very rushed. 
so nervous. I was so nervous. Uh, I didn't even like just write ideas down. I wrote out full out questions and it was like reading questions. I'm like, so how do you, and when we first started, I thought you had to ask people. It was an actual, inter- we actually interviewed my, it was my father-in-law. It was an actual interview mm-hmm. and I wrote out full questions because I wasn't confident just to go in and just wing it and just have a conversation. I think mm-hmm. that took a while. Even like our second episode with Brandon Fishwick was the same thing. I wrote out full out questions and there was just so many things to worry. I don't know when it started to change, but even now um, I'm still not too confident because I always write out questions for the most part. And the more I get out of a guest, the less I rely on the what I write down. Like I like it like this, where it's just kind of back and forth. Like uh, I'll, it was a lot of learning to listen, mostly like listening and then responding, which is really mm-hmm. sounds easy, but for me it was really hard. Well, active listening. <laughs> yeah, literally active listening, and I hate. Yeah, my my new job, my job says that stuff all the time, but it's true. Ugh. And I mean, I I feel like you and I are in the same. Like I do have a general curiosity and like. Anyone I've had on are people I care about and want to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. But um, a couple, this one hasn't gone up yet, but I actually had a big success. I had someone on that I've never met before, so that was, like, kind of scary. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, it, uh, my friend Ashley, she was the co-host for that one. So it was her friend who's an NYU for, uh, for like, for television writing. So like, And it went oh, really cool. well. And then you're our first Skype interview, and then... Every I, the way and it's just gonna tank from there. <laughs> then, then I'm gonna quit the show. It, it's kind of cool. Like <laughs> my, I like to have two episodes recorded ahead of time, and every week I'm like, all right, I need to fuck. I have no guests. I I don't know. This isn't gonna happen. And there has not been a single week since we started that there's no new episode. Be- I mean, there's been no new episode, but not because we didn't have an episode to put up. And uh, this week out of nowhere, I have I'm recording three this week. So September Holy is cow. already done. It's just, it, it's, it's, it's been growing and it's, it's been little bit, it's very little successes and that's what I really like about it. But, I feel like that definitely keeps you going a lot more than, you know, a whole lot of very minor or, or a lot of like plateauing and then a sudden peak and like a huge peak and then to plateau again after that. It, I yeah. feel like it's, it's a lot worse than just the steady climb. Yeah. I, I believe so. in like the slow burn. Like when we had John Tumalo on, that was a huge bump. And then yeah, I, I was actually really surprised because when you had him on and was talking to him, I was like, man, I swear to God, I've heard the name of this band before. I, I probably talked about them obsessively at Green Mountain. Possibly, but actually I, I knew about them before then. I had friends Weird. that knew of them in Vermont. No way! Oh, that's yeah. so cool. As just kind of, because it's a very small area, the whole New England side. And so yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't really unheard of for someone to drive you know, to like Connecticut or something for a concert. Yeah, oh my God, that's that's where I got to meet them and um, I, one of their, the guitarists of Folly, Jeff, who uh, was doing our theme song, and then I just recently switched over to using Girl Talk songs because I think it was really cool, um, did our music. Uh, he's engaged to one of my close friends from high school, Amanda, and I still see the guys from time, whenever they do a reunion show or, it's kind of weird, like I still have a friendship with those guys like from time to time. Did you see Paulson when I brought them up? Were you there? Maybe. I, 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 when I was on the campus activities board, I brought up uh, a band. I tried to bring up Folly a lot, and it never worked. They never did. But I ended up bringing mm-hmm. up this band called Paulson, which, and they were a kind of synthesizer. And a lot of people from a lot of hippie, oh, the hippies actually came, and it was a really great dance party. And then 
we trashed the hotel room and they weren't allowed to come back. It was a whole. I wasn't. Oh, okay. It was a whole thing. It, it was really fun. I got it. Yeah, no, I do remember them coming up. I remember. I don't remember a lot of bands. I remember them. I remember uh, they brought up Jason Lavasier like every year. Yep. I think, and he was a really cool artist. Yeah, colleges pay a chill. lot of money. Yeah. If you're like an artist, that's like the gig. Just do colleges, and you can like make a living. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and uh, I remember the spring concert where we had Hootie and the Blowfish or something like that. Oh, Toots and the Maytal. Toots and the Oh my God! I remember I was part of the group that helped with the setup of that, and I remember bringing snacks to their bus. And as soon as that door opened, the waft of marijuana coming out of there. <laughs> oh yeah, we were both on to that. To get me well, high for a week, like it was ridiculous. Yeah. They were like I never smoke. <laughs> they were they were kind of dicks. I remember because I was in that group too, but. And then I remember thinking about it and realizing that they weren't dicks. They were, like, really old professional musicians who've been around mm-hmm. the block, and, like, they just knew what was up. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I think it's easy for musicians to get judged so easily, but, like, if I was a 60-year-old musician, I don't want to talk to some fucking punk 18-year-old high rich kid in Vermont. Let me sit mm-hmm. my bus, get high, play the music, and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> but I, I don't. But they were. Oh my god. Um. Well, let's start. I got. We, it's almost nine o'clock here. I got, and then tomorrow's Monday. Um. Oh god. You. Uh. You. I. You will know the next two questions. So like, if you were to recommend somewhere delicious to eat, and I forgot what town you said you lived in. Oh, hold on. More importantly, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, I did. Did you love it as much as I did? I did. It's the best Star Wars film ever. Star Wars film. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> of our time. Of our, it's the best like new Star Wars film. That's I would, what everyone I would says. It's this, a new Star yeah. Wars. And I was like, you know what? Good, because I loved it. I actually it saw it, and then I saw it with work. I, I went there for work recent, and it was better the second time. Yeah, I've only seen it once, sadly. I, I want to watch it again. I want to buy it. It was but. like, it was so much fucking fun. It was, mm-hmm. I love it. I can't believe how much I love that movie. It was I love I love that all of the casting was so they're all odd they're all misfits and oddballs and the way they casted the movie they're all misfits and oddballs like it's a wrestler and Chris Pratt yeah, Batista <laughs> yeah and he's so good in it he was really good in he it he was yeah. great in it <laughs> nothing goes over my head my reflexes are too fast I will catch it <laughs> um it man I just I that was one of those movies I just like did you stick around for the end for the Howard the Duck joke. Yeah, I did. I really hope they don't make another one of those movies, though. <laughs> I, I know. Because the first movie was so creepy. <laughs> I know. I know. And Disney owns it now. I know. I'm excited to see the new uh, Star Wars Abrams going to do. Yeah. I'm curious, though, because it's got a weird cast. But it's Abrams. I haven't really looked, I haven't really looked much into the cast. I, I know it has Adam from Girls, so that's why I was confused about it. Have you ever seen Girls? No, no, you, I'm lost on that one. Sorry. Uh, it's a really great show about a wannabe writer who's. It's it's fucking awesome. Uh, so, like, what are the good places uh, to eat? And what town did you say you're from again? I'm sorry. I'm from West or where I currently live is West yeah. Point, West Point, Utah. It's there's nothing in West Point aside from houses. Okay, because but uh, as far as like local food joints go, there are oh, so many things. There's a lot of good food here if you know where to look. Um, but for my all-time favorite, uh, like 15 minutes from me in Ogden is is a place called Tamati. It's a little Japanese restaurant owned by uh, a couple, an older couple, um, who come out from uh, Hiroshima. And they actually spend like a month every year. They close down the restaurant to go home. 
and they kind of gather like new recipes and things like that and they come back out but uh it's delicious you want like really authentic japanese food that isn't just sushi Mm. it's it's phenomenal and it's so good (laughs) does your wife like it she she does she hasn't been there in a long time but she does actually that's i haven't really gone there in a while now that i've got i don't know i kind of get japanese food whenever i want now because we pretty much just cook it (laughs) yeah i know it's a little different when you're like this is not oh that's so cool you know what i'm I'm like many people they're probably here in this oh good places to eat in utah japanese would not be the first thing i think of so yeah no it wouldn't be there's there's a few out here that are pretty good I guess that makes sense. That makes well. Now I think about it, though, like California is not far, and then Japan's closer. Because I remember when I went to California, there was a lot of Japanese people. They're like, "Yeah, you're a lot closer." I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Mm-hmm. So I guess I, that's so cool. Um, man, that's really great. So you know, our last question, uh, the movie question. Um, right. I'll, I'll say it anyway. So, like, you know, um, if you could watch any movie again for the first time to really relive that like experience like it's like basically asking what's your favorite i think i think more i've dug into thinking about this question is more of like it's kind of like you know certain times you see a movie and it just there's a feeling it's kind of that feeling you get when you have your mind blown it's a rare experience god is a fun one to recreate um uh-huh. is there a movie that has done that to you or you've blown your mind or just made you feel something where you're like that experience i want to live again Yeah, there's there's a few. Um, I think the one that comes to my mind first is Pacific Rim. Oh, it's a more recent movie. Oh, what's his name? Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. It's it's by far I think because when I saw that movie in theaters, I we, I kind of went all out and you know saw it opening night, big theater with the the seats that have the speakers in it. Oh and man! I just I just kind of kind of went all out because growing up moving around a lot the only things that really stayed constant with with uh growing up like i did was the comics that i was able to get and the kind of shows that i could find at like saturday at four in the morning mm-hmm. those were always the same and so i always i kind of grew up watching things like ultraman which is strange and uh you know just like old monster movies that i could find for like the two dollar bin things like old godzilla movies uh power rangers just that sort of thing. I just kind of grew up with monster movies, kaiju films, things like that. And it just, it hit me. It was so, it was cheesy in all the right times. And it was well-written and had a great cast. And I just, I, lo- I loved it. It was my childhood in a nutshell. That's so great. And you know, they, they created like whole new technologies for that movie. Yeah. Did you hear him on Nerdist? I have, do you listen to Nerdist at all? I, I've listened to a couple episodes, but like him and, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the comedian off the top of my head right now. Who also has a podcast? Yeah, make it weird. It oh, Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. There we go. Yeah, I listen to them not like all the time. I I like to go through the history and find certain guests that I want to listen to. Yeah, I do that too. I, I like I like his podcast styling, but a lot of the guests I just don't know well enough to really pay attention. Yeah, no, I'm so. with you. I feel like podcasting is this weird, especially because it's free and there's just so many. You can just it's like Netflix. It's like whenever I feel like it, I'll get around to it. And sometimes it's fun to go back and wait until you know who the person is and find an episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the Pete Holmes podcast, or Nerdist podcast, but I can mm-hmm. go for months without touching an episode, and then one day come back and be like, do 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 do. I just yeah. kind of I bounce around. Well, I think they, I like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, thank we'll, you so much up, for no, uh, for doing this. Um, oh, oh, uh, my brother in law Alex says he's very glad you enjoyed the There's the Rub as well. By the way. Oh my god, it was phenomenal. He it was really good. Very excited. Um, 
He ships, right? Like, can he ship? Yeah, yeah. I, well, for I, whenever people come on, they get a spice rub. So just let me know which one you want again. You get, I'll send you another oh, one. <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, well, thank well. you so much, and let's make sure we save it. And let's do this anytime you want to come back. Oh my god, please, let's do this again. Yeah, I think it'd be really fun to do. Um, you know, after I've figured out how uh, you know military language school is. 